Hey, Generation Church, we welcome you and invite you to encounter Jesus with us. We believe that through him, we will encounter love and discover our purpose. So take a seat, lean in, and let this message fortify your faith. Well, I'm going to continue with the topic of peace that I started last week. So, um, but before I do that, I want to share a little story. Um, after a, a very long and, and uh, boring sermon that this preacher was, uh, he was uh, sharing, the members filed out of the church saying um, really nothing to the preacher, you know, which is kind of like you get the silent mode. And towards the end of the line was this very thoughtful person named Betty Sue, who always commented on uh, his sermons. And, um, and she said, Pastor, today your sermon reminded me of the peace and the love of God. And, you know, the pastor was very excited. He was thrilled. He was happy to hear some good news. And, um, and he said, well, tell me why. And she said, well, it reminded me of, of the peace of God because it passed all understanding and the love of God because it endured all things. So, so I thought that was kind of special. Uh, you know, um, the reality is, is that the peace of God is something that actually can be very elusive. It's like it has birds that fly away and you can lose peace very easily just by the fact of, of, um, of situations that are going on in life. I can't think of anything more important, more important of a topic than the whole topic of peace right now. You know, we have a, a nation right now that um, we're having wars and rumors of wars. We're having inflation going on we have budgets that are stretched to no end we have you know really political division within our our nation right now that's really tearing us apart we have struggles in the workplace in the schools that are focused more on on issues of gender equality and on on topics that, you know, are really kind of going against the very fabric of who we are. And we're in a desperate place to be filled with the peace and the love of God. And so the reality of that is, is that the scripture says, and I love what this scripture says in 1 Thessalonians 4.11. Aspire to lead a calm and peaceful life as you mind your own business and you earn your own living, just as we taught you. By doing this, you will live an honorable life, influencing others and commanding respect of even the unbelievers. And then you will be need of nothing and not dependent upon others. 2 Corinthians 13, 11. Finally, brethren, rejoice. Be made complete. 
be comforted, be like-minded, live in peace, and then the, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Colossians 3.15 Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. You know, you, you can't live a, or cultivate a peaceful life without learning to live in it and stay in it. It's one thing to talk about peace. It's another thing to walk in peace. And it's almost as if peace at times just gets wings and flies off from you. And the next thing you know, you're, the interior of your life is really a reflection of what's going on on the outside. And it is vital that we as a people learn to practice peace. We learn to abide in peace. We learn to trust in peace. Which really is a fruit of the Spirit. It's peace. And peace is really a tangible sign of God's presence in your own life. It is a very, very good indicator that God's presence is dwelling within you and He's filling you with life. And peace is a person. It's, it's not a euphoric feeling. And the person's Jesus. So when you're focusing on peace, you're focusing on a person not on an ideal or a way of life. So I really hope today as I walk through this, this message today that it will activate deep within you this deep well of peace that dwells inside of you and activate it so that it might empower you you know, peace has the ability to really remove all tiredness from your life. When you allow peace to re reside and be deep within you, it gives you the confidence to live life freely in Him. You just have the assurance that everything is going to be okay. I love what Graham Cook says. Peace will elevate you to a higher level of living. He says that the peace of God helps you to live above the line. To live above the fray. Because in Christ, we were once dead in our trespasses and sins. And we were buried in Christ. And we were raised with Him into heavenly places. And so the very aspect of our inheritance right now is that you're dwelling seated with Jesus as co-heirs in Christ above all powers and principalities. So where your seat is, it's above the line. So we're to live above 
all of the, the strife and the turmoil and the anxiety and the fear and the worry that is below the line. We're to rise up because this is really where our inheritance is. Our inheritance in Christ is to live above the line internally. Where your internal life is not reflected by your outside life. You can cultivate a life in Jesus that's not ruffled by everything on the outside. And we have to maintain this posture, this place of, of peace. And David says something extremely fascinating about the presence of God, which is a tangible sign of God's presence in your life. Psalm 31.20 says this, You hide me in the secret place of your presence from the conspiracies of man. You keep them secretly in the shelter from the strife of tongues. Those that are cultivating a life of peace the Lord Jesus has the ability to hide you in the spirit from the enemy. The presence of God enables you to live a life that is above the line where you get taken off the enemy's radar. I don't know how he does it, but it's a beautiful aspect of the presence of God. I believe God's presence hides Jordan hides Becca in Oman. God's presence hides them, protects them, shields them, is their refuge, is their strength. He comes around them and guards over them. David was continually sought after by Saul, and Saul wanted to capture him and kill him. Because David was the anointed one. And David one day wanted to go down into the camp where Saul was. So he asked his men, he said, um, who wants to go with me? And several of his men says, we'll go with you. So they enter into the camp, and I want you to imagine this scene. Saul is sleeping in the middle with his spear and a jug of water. He's sleeping there, and all of his men, two to 3,000 of his men are circling him and are surrounding him, and they're asleep. And in the middle of the night with a few men, David walks. Can you imagine walking around the men? He's walking around them. And all of a sudden, he enters into the inner circle. And there Saul is sleeping with his spear and his water. And one of the men said, hey, I can take a spear right now with one, one jab. It'll just take one, boss. I'll put it through him, and it'll be done with. And David said, no. We will not touch the Lord's anointed one. I do not want to bring judgment upon me nor my men. 
And he said, but I am going to take his spear and his water. And he takes it. And then he walks. He said, let's get out of here, man. <laughs> and they're walking out. And they walk out of the camp. And they never saw him. That's amazing. That's like being, that's a stealth fighter if I've ever seen one. The peace of God shields you and protects you from the evil one. And when you walk in the peace of Jesus, it has the ability to give you the strength to walk into situations that might be very difficult. And you're the one that brings the change. Because you're carrying the peace of God. And where there might be strife, your very presence can speak over that situation and say, peace, be still. 1 Samuel 26 is where that story was. Which is an incredible story of, of what the, the presence of God can do. But we must learn to cultivate a life of peace. And what this does is that it guards what you're thinking and feeling. Because most of negativity is what stirs up the fears and anxiety in your life. Really negative thinking is where the, that's the enemy's breeding ground. The enemy dwells in negativity. He's always thinking about what's wrong. He's always thinking about the things that are not true. And you know, negativity is like you holding up a big sign and saying, here I am. And, and the challenging thing with negativity is that he adds more negativity to you when you're in thinking on the wrong things. So if you're struggling with anxiety, fear, it's all related to what you're thinking about. What are you focusing on? If it's negative, begin to change the way you're thinking. Because your thoughts stir up your emotions, which leads you down a path of anxiety, worry, fear. And at the end of the day, when you've stayed in a negative realm of thinking, you are flat, worn out on, to, on the inside. And you're not refreshed. So we must guard our minds and hearts and we must cultivate a life of peace. Philippians 4, 7 says this, And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Peace has the power to eliminate all of the negative thinking and empower you to really live a life 
that is negative free. It really empowers you to live a life that is peaceful and you're at rest on the inside. Peace really does reject anxiety and fear. The other day, I had the privilege of going to the hospital and praying for somebody. And they were really struggling with their future. I mean, this person was very afraid about what was getting ready to happen, the outcome of their life. They weren't, they weren't sure if they were going to live. And when I came there, I, I just asked, I just said, could I just begin to pray for you right now? And the person said yes. And I, I went ahead and I just put my hand upon that person's shoulder. And I just invited the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ into the room. And I just invited the peace just to rest upon this person. And I could feel the weight of the, of the peace of God in the room. And it's like the peace just wrapped around this person and gave him a big hug. And this peace just went deep inside of them. And all of a sudden, I mean, I really could see the countenance on this person's face change. Where this individual did not want any of her children to leave because she was frightened at what might happen. She was frightened. And then what happened is that this peace overwhelmed her and filled her. And then it was said, you know what? I think I can go home now and be alone. I'm not afraid to stay in this place anymore. And, and, and actually, um, I believe the Lord even touched her and healed her body. And so I'm believing that today or tomorrow she's going to be home and she's going to be at peace. And so in that, it, amen. Amen. Well, that's a wonderful miracle because that's the power of the presence of peace, Jesus. And, and there's a well of His Spirit that dwells deep inside of all of us. And we must learn to access this well deep within us. It's a reservoir of the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ that dwells within you. It's a place that you can be so refreshed, so rejuvenated, that the interior of your life is flourishing. It's like there's an oasis on the inside of you, but it's dwelling in a person because peace dwells on the inside of you because Jesus is on the inside of you. And the key is this, is that you don't have to have the trouble on the inside. 
There's going to be trouble all the days of our life until we. But the trouble can stay on the outside. It doesn't have to be on the inside. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. But I give you my peace. I give you my peace. It's a gift. I mean, it just, it's a remarkable thing. On the night before he was betrayed, Jesus looked at his disciples. He knew what was getting ready to happen. He knew the agony and the pain he was getting ready to go through. And he was able at that moment to say, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives. He's able to give them a gift. And this gift enabled him to walk through one of the most horrendous events that history has ever seen done to an individual because there was no trouble on the inside of him. There was only peace. So here is, I think, a key in cultivating a life of peace. It's Isaiah 26.3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. I want to read that again. You will keep him in perfect peace. That's a beautiful thought. Think about it. Perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Cultivating a life of peace requires you to focus on the person and not the problem. And the person is Jesus. You're going to have to focus your mind intently on him. And you're going to have to trust him and allow his peace to, to surpass your understanding to try to figure out the situation. As you trust him, he will give you the ability that goes beyond your understanding to resolve that issue that's causing disturbance. So we're to put our focus on Jesus, the one who is peace, who dwells on the inside of us. So peace is a gift from Jesus. To help the interior of your life find rest. So peace enables you to fix your mind on the beauty of who he is and then abide in that place. So training your mind to stay focused on him takes discipline and effort. This week, you know, I shared last week on peace. And this week I was faced with a very challenging situation. I got to thinking, whoa, boy, do I got an opportunity to practice peace now. I'm like, shazam. And I'll have to tell you what. It took hours. I would focus on Jesus, and then in a split second, my mind would go to the problem. 
and then I would start losing the peace, and then I would shift back to the person, Jesus. And then it would shift back <laughs> to the problem. Back and forth, back and forth. And then finally, it started becoming less. Because I started saying, you know what? I really trust you, Jesus. I trust you. And I'm going to replace the negative thought right now with the positive. And the positive is that you're good, that you work everything together for good. I started focusing on you're my protection. You're my everything. You're all that I need. And then I might shift back over to it a little bit, and I, but I'd, I'd come right back and I'd stay focused. After a while, I was able to lock in to him. But I'm telling you, it takes training. But the thing that we do is that we try to wrestle the negative thought to the ground. Or we try to make it right. Or we try to fix it, which is a problem of mine. I have a, a fix-it problem. I want to change and fix the problem so that the issue goes away. And the focus is focus on the person, not the problem, and let him take care of the issue. But do you trust him to take care of it? Or do you think you have to figure it out? Do you think that you have to solve the problem? So we have a choice whether to dwell with the person or dwell with the problem. Becoming anxious and worried and fearful on the interior is, is evidence you're not trusting in him. You're not trusting in his power to overcome in all situations. Do we trust the very nature of him that dwells within us more than we do with all that is going on? The very nature of God dwells inside of you. This is the deal. Every anxious feeling or fear is rooted in the thought that produced it. Can I say that again? Every anxious feeling or fear is rooted in the thought that produced it. Your thoughts produce the very anxiety. So if you're really interested in cultivating, it begins with renewing your mind with the truth. You need to replace the negative thought with the positive one of the truth of who God is. So if your thoughts have brought you to a place that you don't like, I got a real good solution for you. Change your thought to a positive one that is right and true. Negativity 
is to be displaced and not wrestled with. A lie is not meant to be wrestled with to the point where you're exhausted about maybe who you believe you are, but it's to be replaced by the truth. And so in that, you just don't get all weary and worn out. You're able to rest in His presence and practice peace. Practice peace. You know, when we get fixated on a problem, it's like a broken record. I used to have an old record player with the, with the you know, with the old records. And I remember my favorite one was this one on Michael Jackson. And I'd get there and I'd, I'd be dancing, you know. And, but my Michael Jackson, you know, record, it got a scratch on it. And it would just, it wouldn't go past that scratch. And, and it would just stay fixed on that, that certain part of the song. When anxiety and fear is dwelling within you, you're in that scratch mode. You're in that broken record mode. It's just a repeat, a repeat, a repeat, a repeat in your mind. You know, I remember when my children were young and I would be administering loving correction into their lives. And I would at times get down on my knees and I would look at them in their face. And I'd get down right in their face. And I'd say, look at me. Look at my face. And I'd be smiling. And I would have love in my eyes. And I would say, look at Daddy. And you know what they would do? And I would say, look into my face. And the shame and the guilt that they were experiencing because of, of what they were doing, which was allowing me to bring loving correction into the moment, they weren't able to receive love at that moment. And so finally what I would have to do is I'd have to take their face. I wouldn't allow it to move anymore. And I said, now look at Daddy look at my eyes, and I would tell them how much I love them. I would speak life over them, destiny over them, and not, not to let them be exasperated because of the loving correction. And I would look at them, and I would, I would declare to them that they are loved, they're forgiven, and there's no shame. And I would hold into their face, and their eyes would lock with me. That's just like what God does to us. When he spoke over us with the blessing that he instructed Moses to give through Aaron, he said, bless my people with this. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. He wants you to look into his face. Look into the graciousness that's in his eyes. Look at the tender forgiveness that's there for you. Don't look 
away from the Father's face. And he's saying, may the Lord lift up his countenance on you. May you see in his countenance that he has an everlasting love for you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Look into his face and get, let him give you his shalom peace. Let the peace of God rest within you as you're gazing upon his countenance, as you're seeing his graciousness. Because many times our sin, our guilt, our shortcomings make us feel guilty. We feel guilty of our sin. So we do this. We can't stand looking at his face and he's saying, no, 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 no. No, you're, that's not my son. That's not my daughter. Look at me. And we got to turn to him. We need to train our wandering mind and keep focused on the positive and not dwell on the negative. I don't, I don't know how much sometimes we realize that our thoughts go wayward into the negative camp. We quickly go there, and then we wonder why we feel so much unrest on the inside. We wonder why there's anxiety. We wonder why there's no peace. If you want to know why there's no peace, then go to the thought that produced the unrest. Get to the issue. Get to what's causing it. You might, you might be thinking, I'm just so stressed out. If you stay focused on the fact that you're so stressed out, guess what? More stress will be added to you. You might be saying, I just feel so much pressure in life. I feel pressure all around me. And you keep focusing on the pressure. Well, guess what? The enemy adds more pressure to you. He dwells in negativity. You're giving access to him to pile it more on you. Stay focused, though, on the Prince of Peace who dwells on the inside of you. Do you know that he's not stressed out? He's not. He's sitting inside your boat, asleep, on a pillow. The storm's raging all around you, and he's cool as a cucumber. And you're freaking out at the storm, and he's sleeping on the inside of you. He's like, there's no storm in here. But you need to allow the peace of Jesus on the inside of you to speak to the storm, calm the storm, and to eliminate the pressure and diminish the anxiety. Our change internally Inside, there has to be a change. It's rooted in who he is for us and who we are in him. 
the God of the universe who created the heavens and the earth, who calms the seas. Scripture says that the very seas, all of them are in the palm of his hand. The seas of this world are in the palm of his hand. Guess where he dwells? In you. We must access the, the greatest one, the lovely one, the one that is able to, to do all things, that nothing is impossible. We've got to learn to access this well of who he is on the inside of us. There's a well of living water on the inside of you. There's an artesian well that you can access through faith. Our inheritance is the nature of God living on the inside. And that is what we're to focus on. And that makes us more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who dwells within us. When you're focused on the one who's conquered all, everything else is diminished in, in its perspective. Galatians 5, 23 says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such, there is no law. These are the nine attributes of God that His Spirit produces on the inside of you. So we really have no excuse because the fruit of Him produces these attributes within us. But I want you to see in a very important part of this verse. It says, against such there is no law. What does that mean? Is no law. It means that there's no rule or authority that can stop or overwhelm the fruit of the Spirit in your life. There is no authority, no power that can overwhelm the very attributes of God's nature on the inside of you. Nothing can stop it. There's no negative thought. There's nothing on this earth, no negativity, no lie that is greater than the nine attributes that dwells within you. It's all resident within you. Some might, you might say, you know what, I just can't stop. I can't stop thinking about negativity. Yes, you can. Because the fruit of the Spirit in you produces power within you to overcome every situation. It's in you. So when you're in a battle or you feel like warfare, has anyone felt like warfare is like all around you? Have you ever just felt like it's just like it's nipping at your heels? It's, 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 it's just everywhere. 
what you need to be asking yourself, which one of the fruits of the Spirit needs to go before me? Which one of the fruits of the Spirit needs to disarm that moment? If you're going into an angry situation, let love go before you. Let peace go before you. The effects of the fruit of the Spirit is powerful against the enemy. Why? Because the enemy's always wanting to provoke your emotions. He's always wanting to provoke you to react and not respond by the fruit of the Spirit. He's always wanting to come out and times he's coming after us with the same old trick we have to respond opposite spirit and he will eventually over time get tired of trying to provoke you to do the same thing that you've always reacted to you know scripture says in the last days his strategy is to wear down the saints of the Lord. Well, you know what? If you keep responding by the fruits, the fruit of the Spirit in situations and bringing the opposite into a situation, do you know that you actually can wear him out? He gets tired. He probably gets tired of, of doing the same thing and getting the same result. He's like, well, I better move on to somebody else. We've got to really learn to capture our thoughts and get to the root of why we're feeling a certain way. And once we discover this resting place in the peace of Jesus on the inside. You need to stay there. You need to rest there. You need to take a nap there. You need to abide there. You need to remain there. You need to stay there. And leave your negativity and your wandering thoughts, leave them aside. Because when you focus on the negative or the lie, it's like releasing a valve uh, in a, uh, in a, in basically kind of like a, a boiling pot where you have a lid on it. If when you get negative, it releases the valve where all of a sudden the pressure starts coming out. So it's almost as if the peace becomes elusive because it leaves you when you stay focused on the negative. God is really focusing on developing the fruit of the Spirit in your life. He really is. He's intent upon His very nature being manifest in and through your life in every situation. And He wants to get you to the point where, where we... We live a life of victory 
that is living above the line, that's living above your situations, that you're not easily irritated and upset, but you're able to stand in the victory of the cross and enforce that victory and not allow yourself to get angry or feeling like you're out of control and trust Him with all of your heart. I want us to to ask the Lord and I want you this week to begin to practice the presence of the Lord. I want you to be very attuned to the interior of your life and if there is anything that's troubling you, if there is any anxiety or if there is any fear, that you find the thought that produced that feeling and that you begin to then replace it with the truth, replace the negative with the positive and begin to train your mind in the ways of the Lord to protect the peace of God on the inside of you. I believe with all of my heart this is the life He wants us to live. He doesn't want us to be governed by all of our circumstances and situations, but to believe. Jesus said, if you believe, you shall receive. Let's begin to do this this week and cultivate a life where it's heaven on the inside. Heaven. It's a dwelling place for God. We want this to be said of us. You know what I, I love about Mother Teresa and whether you know about her or not, or her life at all, but the fact is, is that when you met Mother Teresa, you met someone that genuinely walked in the fruit of love. She had such love for the downtrodden and the poor in Calcutta, and she was willing to weep with the hurting, hold those that were dying, feed those that were hungry. And you know, when people meet us, they're to meet the very essence of who Jesus is on the inside of us. Are they meeting somebody that is stressed and worried and anxious? Or are they meeting the very nature of God dwelling on the inside of us? I desire, and I hope you desire, that when people meet you and meet me, they meet Jesus. They don't meet this old self that used to live and do things their way, but my new self that is created in the image of Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and we praise you for this honor that we have to have Christ 
dwell within us the hope of glory. Lord, we thank you that you dwell within our hearts and your life is our life. Your peace is our peace. Your love is our love. And I pray, Lord God, that your presence would so fill us with peace that we could rest in it, stay in it, remain in it, that the very peace of God would guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Lord, I pray now that your kingdom of peace, your kingdom of righteousness, your kingdom of joy would now come and dwell in the hearts of all of us. So we say, your kingdom come. On earth as it is in heaven, inside of our hearts. And we thank you, Lord, for the beauty and the wonder. The one that is resting on the inside of us. So, Lord Jesus, we worship you and we praise you. It's all about you, Jesus. And we're asking that you would fill us up and help us to access this well of peace that dwells within us. And we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I bless you all with his peace. And may the Lord be with you. May he protect you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you this day and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.